You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So Joe asked me to come and talk about uh, worship. I know you've been uh, doing a few of these uh, sessions, just looking at what worship is. And um, I uh, said, oh, why don't we talk about it in this way? You know, so there's the title uh, on, the, on the screen for you. Um, I'm going to show you a picture. And what I want you to do is just tell me what you see in the picture. You can say it out loud. Anyone? What can you see in the picture? You see beauty. Anyone else? The potential of grizzly bears in the forest area, for sure. A long hike. You see God's glory. Potential danger, not just from the grizzly bears in the wood. You can see the reflection of sunlight. Those little beaches look great, don't they? Yeah, it looks peaceful. Yeah. It looks unspoiled. Yeah, it doesn't seem to have any other footprint on it other than just creation and all its glory. Worship is um, uh, one of these words that is a little bit like looking at a picture. Where you stand determines what you see and how you explain it. Where you stand determines what you see in this picture. Um, you know, you could have said, well, there's really high mountains and there's potentially grizzly bears, obviously, in the forest. And there's. And if I said to you, when you hear the word worship, what do you think of? There's probably a million different things that come into our heads. And it's really interesting to me <laughs> that one of the things that can happen for us when we see this word is that we understand it mostly by what we like or don't like, <laughs> you know? So there's like, well, I like that kind of music, or I don't like that kind of music, or that's not real, and what on earth are they doing? Or do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one of those words, isn't it? It provokes lots and lots of reaction in it. Um, have any of you ever got lost? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got lost when I was seven years old in the middle of Bath, right outside the front of the abbey. I remember being outside the front of the abbey, and I'd obviously turned around and noticed something, and when I turned back, I could not see my parents anywhere, and I was petrified. And when you get lost, you start to go in all sorts of random directions, don't you? Like, just because you want to get to, like, oh, what if they're there, or what if they're there? Which is probably why most parents always say, just stay put, just stay put, we'll find you, we'll find you. Um, there's a, a really um, famous uh, quote that some of you will have heard before, uh, which is by Tolkien, 
I may have even shared it with you before. And it just says this. History became legend. Legend became myth. Much was lost because no one lived that remembered. The truth is, for some of us, when we think about worship, I think that what's really happened for us so often is just like when you get lost. If you'd start six degrees out, you end up 60 degrees out. And an industry has grown up around this thing that gets called worship. Some of the richest people are the people who write the songs that we sing. Like an industry exists around this thing that we identify as worship. Even churches are built on this thing that often gets defined as worship. I grew up in the Anglican church. Anyone else grow up in the Anglican church? Woohoo! Check us out. And if you grow up in the Anglican church, there's often a little rite of passage that you go through, other than um, baptism and confirmation, which is you probably get the chance to sing in the church choir. Now, when I'm that old, that um, singing in the church choir meant that if you were a light blue ribbon, anyone, anyone clocking what this is? If you, if you sang in the church choir and you were a light blue ribbon, which meant that you were newish, you got six pence per service. Oh, yeah, we got rich. And then you'd go to dark blue and it would go up. And I, I think I then got paid eight pence. So someone was keeping a record of how many services. And I was so determined to be able to buy a new pair of trainers that you'd even go to Evensong because you could get like 16 pence on a Sunday, basically, if you sang in the church choir. But there was something that I started to realize, and it was this. That every time we learn a new song and... Um, all, all the rest of it, a new piece of music, the language that was being used was different to the language that we use now when it comes to this stuff. It was always called, and our, our, these lovely ribbons that people who sing in uh, church choirs often wear with all the big, if you ever watch Songs of Praise or whatever, or the Jubilee, you'll see people with this stuff. And on it, you'd get a medal, and it said, the Royal School of Church Music. Music. This was music. It was subtle, but it was helpful. It was really, really helpful, because there was something else that used to happen on a Sunday as well. And it was on page 145 of the Alternative Service book, and it went like this. If you look at the, if you can see the screen, the fourth, fourth, fifth line down. Through him, we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. This, this was different. There was something, I was curious about something here. It wasn't called worship, it was called music. And then there was this moment every Sunday 
where the vicar would stand at the front and say to us right at the very end of this thing we'd gone through, which was the real work starts now. (laughs) The real worship is now. Go. Go. I was really curious about it. There was a window opening up in my head on something that felt quite different. Curiosity. And then, of course, you discover this little chapter in uh, Romans where Paul writes this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I never knew that we were being quoted the Bible. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test what you should and shouldn't do. When we get lost, what we tend to do is end up not just six degrees out, but we head off so far that we end up 60 degrees out and we miss so, so much. So what I want to do, it's really simple. I just want us to head back a bit. Head back in a bit so that we might understand more and not less. More and not less. So the first thing to say is this, that in the Old Testament, um, there isn't a word for spiritual. There isn't a word for spiritual. That concept that we have for this is spiritual and this isn't spiritual literally doesn't exist doesn't it's not even like we've put this line between that is and that isn't this is what god is and this is what god isn't and the reason was because in the hebraic mindset everything is spiritual everything is spiritual now you think we even say now for a time of worship as if there's a time <laughs> when there isn't worship. Can you, can you see, like, we don't own this ancient mindset? Instead, somehow our thinking has become divided, and there's a reason for it. We have come to see some things as separate, not integrated. Out there, rather than complete union. And it's all down to some Greek philosophy that is rampant and has been rampant through time. And we think it without even realising it that that's where our thinking has come from. So I'm sure some of you are probably lecturers in this stuff. So this is like Ladybird version. Plato had this view of the human body Mind, body, spirit. The body was the thing that you really wanted to be freed from. 
your mind, your mind ultimately, because it was full of ideas, would go to the realm of ideas. And your soul, the whole point was that your soul could escape this physicality. And so this separation between body and spirit grew up. And we have owned that mindset. And it's, can you see how that plays out in this notion of this bit is worship and that isn't? This is about appeasing God and this bit, oh, this just, we're just doing life here. But now we're going to come back and body, bad, spirit, good, escape. How do we escape from reality? We've been immersed in this kind of thinking. So I want to suggest to you something else that will be really familiar to some of you because you've probably read through this passage in the Bible a whole number of times. I'm going to read it to you and then I am going to ask you to talk to each other again just for a couple of minutes, okay? So listen up if you can. Shout it aloud, it's Isaiah 58. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the house of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not heard us and not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please. You exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarrels and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. And then Isaiah goes on. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that, is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to God? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with a shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves... 
on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundation. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. Turn to the person next to you, if you really don't like them. I just read to you a little bit about that. But um, turn to the people around you. What does that tell you about what worship really is? Just for a few minutes, and then I'll start to bring us into close. So I'm sure that... Um, and you, and. If you uh, live with the people you've just been talking to, or even if you don't, and there's time to talk afterwards, keep talking about this. Because to me, like, there's an essence in this that is so different to that platonic thinking, drivenness of separation. Isaiah 58, basically everything we do is worship. And so the, the question is, what is it we're doing? And are we being intentional in every single moment of every single day of, of loving God through our actions? Everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. And there's, like for me, there's always been a particular, there's a particular element that comes out in this where it says, spend yourself. Spend yourself. Now, one of the challenges around that traditional understanding that we can have of what worship is, is it's about consumption, not cost. We consume the singing. We consume the lovely tunes that make us feel good. That's what happens when we reduce worship down. But built into this notion of what's going on here and what Isaiah is talking about is this Spend yourself. This is, a, this is a determination that you make. This is an intentionality that you have. Participation. You can't loose the chains of injustice through observation and consumption. You step in. Not because... You're like in power over these people, but because they're people and we are all people and we are invited to love God and love others as ourselves. We belong to one another. So we participate together in all of this because we are building what we have always been invited to build. Family. Family. Protest, participation, protest, protest, set the oppressed free, protest about it. Now that can look like all sorts of different things and it's in part what we do by the very nature of what the way we're set up, isn't it? As part of this wonderful family network in, in Oasis. 
But it is things like writing to our MPs, and it is about getting super angry about Rwanda and the, uh, just the treatment of people fleeing and sending them to places. Not because Rwanda's a bad place, but because of what we're choosing to do. Worship is protest as well. There's a million things we can talk about there. And then there's this line that says, your people will be called repairer of broken walls. Like your people, that's more than one. (laughs) It's like you will be called Oasis Church Bath. You will be called the repairer of broken places together. You'll be called that together. There's that, that um, Jesus, wasn't it? It's in um, John's Gospel, uh, I think. Forgive me. I haven't written this down. It's just come into my head. Where, where there's that um, phrase, see how they love one another. You'll know they're my by disciples by how much they love one another. There's this notion of us, and it's not just a notion. It needs to be a reality of us loving one another. You cannot love one another solely from a distance. You can't love one another solely from a distance. You need to be with, to know, to get to know, to be familiar. One of the sadnesses for me, I love the online thing, but at work I'm always saying, but we also need to be present. Why? Because that's how we really do get to know how people really are. There are things that I will talk to Joe about today when we go out after the service that I wouldn't say to her online. Not bad things, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, Joe, it's fine. Why? Because when you're with people, there's this kinship that starts to grow. And when we grow together, we become this force, this amazing force for goodness. And we're known as the repairers of the broken places. Belonging, kinship, time. And all of this, all of this is also wrapped up in this notion of declaration. And if you, like me, if you grew up in a tradition where, you, you know, you were saying the Lord's Prayer every Sunday, you just assumed that that's how the Lord's Prayer always was. And then you start to grapple with the versions of when Jesus says this is how you pray and you discover that there's this there's this bit of the Lord's prayer that seems like an add-on but we say we you know I grew up saying this add-on every Sunday but if I look in these texts it's different and then you discover that this bit for yours is the kingdom the power and the glory was an added element written at the time by those early followers, choose that word deliberately, followers of Jesus, because for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory was a message of allegiance to the Roman emperor. And they were saying, no. Our allegiance is to Jesus. We are followers of Jesus. We are distinctly different. This is our acts of worship. This following, and which is why Jesus never says 
Worship me. He says, follow me. Worship me are not words that came out of Jesus' mouth. Follow me were the words that came out of Jesus' mouth. And the whole law, in another encounter, Jesus says, the whole law, the whole law, everything is summed up. Love God and love others as you love yourself. So it is in our protesting and it is in our participation and it is in our community and it is in everything that we do. Everything that I do is either an act of worship or an absence of my act of worship. Everything. It's in my singing. (laughs) It's in my singing when we sing together. And I sing alongside people because there's something about singing together and saying, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory and we're in this together and my protesting and my teaching and the building and the working together and every element of what we do, the making the coffee, the enjoying the curry, the cutting the grass, the holding your new grandson, the everything is an act of our worship. Why? Because everything is spiritual. Everything. Everything is rich with the possibility of worship. Follow me. Follow me was what Jesus said. And in the message translation, and I'll finish on this, uh, of those very same verses, and we'll use this as a prayer, Paul Uh, the the way that uh, Peterson translated it um, it, it is, is just incredible. So let's use this as a prayer. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from, from you and quick to respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops you, well-formed maturity in you. Let's pray. God, thank you that uh, you invite us to bring the fullness of every element of our lives, the joy, the pain, the delight, the anguish, every circumstance, everything about everything, 
And you invite us to understand that we can connect and love you in and through absolutely all of it. And God, you invite us always to follow, follow you. Help us today to have the courage to think deeply and to act and to move and to live in the reality of you inviting us to love you and to love others as we love ourselves and help us never, ever, ever to forget that your presence is as close as our breath. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.